Hey, before we start the show, I'd like to give a shout out to a very special sponsor of the Code Story podcast, and that's Dev Mountain. Dev Mountain is one of the highest rated coding schools in the country, employing experts who are passionate about sharing their craft and empowering the next wave of programmers. Through their bootcamp, they accelerate education by focusing on modern skills to align their students with the needs of the tech industry. They offer a variety of courses from web development to UX design to iOS development, and their hands-on approach enables students to launch their careers or build their startups and ultimately to achieve their goals. I can personally vouch for the quality developers they produce, having hired six graduates from their Dallas campus. Not only does Dev Mountain teach the practical skills needed to build software, they give their students a foundation to amplify the necessary creative thinking, problem solving, and project-focused skills required for tech professionals today. You can find out more information about their programs and how to sign up at devmountain.com. That's D-E-V-Mountain.com. Eric's dad had a tire shop up in Canada and his dad had been asking him to help him solve this problem with reviews online. And I was sitting at my, in my kitchen table and I said, well, come on over, let's work on it. And it was pretty obvious we could build something that, that would help these businesses. Even if stuff sometimes takes a little bit of time, we're gonna do it right, especially from a technical perspective. It might seem cliche, but I can't say it enough, dream big. I'm Dennis Steele, and I'm the co-founder of Podium. This is Code Story, a podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries who share in the critical moments of what it takes to change an industry and build and lead a team that has your back. I'm your host, Noah Laphart, and today, how Dennis Steele built a centralized business platform to manage every online interaction. All this and more on Code Story. Along with being a startup founder, Dennis Steele is a family man and a triathlete. A non-technical grad from BYU, he went through a software development bootcamp called Dev Mountain to enable him with practical development skills. He took this base knowledge and he and his co-founder built Podium, a way for businesses to manage their online reputation and customer interactions all through one single platform. Tell me about Podium. Tell me about what the company does and how you got started with it. Okay, so Podium is an interaction management platform for businesses. And that's grown a lot from the early days. Right now, we handle the full communication process for a local business. Helping that customer connect with the business through messaging, helping them text the business directly, and then creating a channel of communication with that customer all the way through their customer journey throughout the end. So one way we describe it is we're helping to bring experiences that, that everyone experiences online, like with Amazon or Uber. We're helping to bring those same types of experiences to local businesses through our platform and allowing you to have that experience when you go to buy a car at a car dealership or when you go to an auto service center. In the beginning, it was really just helping businesses get more reviews online. And that was what we started off with. We had a very simple product focus at the beginning 
but it was really valuable at that time. And so that's what helped with our initial growth. So tell me where the idea came from. Eric Ray and I started the business. We had been friends in, at BYU and we had actually tried a lot of different ideas at BYU. We went to the entrepreneurship programs there. We went to some pitch competitions, trying to find a business to start or some cool idea to, to get going on. And so about a year after we graduated together, we met back up and started talking. And at the time I was helping local businesses with some, some of their online reputation, monitoring their reviews, helping them come up with answers for negative reviews, things like that. And Eric's dad had a tire shop up in Canada and his dad had been asking him to help him solve this problem with reviews online and showed him some of the technology he was using to run his business at the time, especially from like a communication standpoint. And there just wasn't a lot of good technology. And so we started talking about that, started collaborating, and it was pretty obvious we could build something that, that would help these businesses. And that initial pro solving that initial problem was helping them with, with getting more reviews online. So that's how the idea formed. Eric called me a few days after we had that initial discussion and was like, hey, we need to do this or somebody else will. And I was sitting at my, in my kitchen table and I said, well, come on over, let's work on it. So he came over, we started sketching it out, like the early product sketches on a notebook. And within, within a few weeks, we had an MVP to, to start selling door to door. So it was quick from when we had first discussed it to when we actually were out selling it to businesses. What tools did you use to build that original MVP? So we mapped it out. I think we even tried to use like some flowcharting on Lucid that we were familiar with at BYU. So I think we mapped out like user flows and, and user maps on that. And then we basically took those as the basis to, to some of the engineers we started working with at the beginning to help us build that first version. In the early days, as you're, you know, you map out the flow, you're outsourcing the engineering, what sort of decisions and trade-offs did you have to make sort of in the short term? One of those was deciding to do it on Rails. So we built the first version, Ruby on Rails. That was kind of a, a joint decision we had. We've since switched technology stacks now at Podium. We were kind of deciding all of that as far as like what, what tech stack to use, you know, how we wanted it to, to be mapped out. We were, we were kind of technical in that way of figuring out even what we wanted it built on as we were consulting and working with these engineers. So I think what helps and sometimes what a disconnect that I see some entrepreneurs have, especially at the beginning, is working with engineers and just thinking that you know all those decisions can just be made by them right whereas the better approach is if you can be as technical as possible and actually put some thought into those early decisions of like what you want it to be written in how you want the technology to interact with the customers those things actually make a difference i think long term for sure so how has the the product progressed from that initial prototype so you mentioned it was built in rails you're using outsource engineering y'all were doing some early flows how has the product progressed since that point so we we continued with that process that first year so these were pretty full days eric and i were basically selling all day implementing these customers you know six in the morning going to the gym and finishing up dev mound 10 30 at night that was kind of the, the early grind of the business and the platform was pretty simple just with that one feature. Um, after that phase, we had some initial customers on the, on the platform. We raised some money and hired our first engineer. And he was like pivotal to the success in the early days. We hired him, his, his name's Arthur Weigel. He was working at Adobe at the time. He had a pretty cush job and we had to basically convince him to come join us. So 
And we were still at the, in the apartment office at this time. So he leaves Adobe, he comes to work for us, and we show him what we have from a coding perspective. He's a really good engineer, and we just said, hey, we want you to take this over and run it. And so he, he dives in a bit, and a weekend he's like, hey guys, I basically have to like pull thing over. And it felt like maybe a step backwards, but looking back, it, it was really important. I think it set like at least some kind of precedence at Podium in the sense of like, even if stuff sometimes takes a little bit of time, we're going to do it right, especially from a technical perspective. And that has totally paid off from us. And so the product's evolved a ton since then. We have a huge engineering team working on the product now. Some of the technologies we've implemented now are like Elixir on the back end, working through Phoenix, React on the front end, things like that. So technology stack has, has evolved quite a bit, as well as just developing out the whole feature set of the platform. In the feature set of the platform, how do you, how do you build your roadmap? How do you determine what's the most important thing to build next? It's, it's tough because a lot of times it seems like it's more important to figure out what not to build just because you have so much feedback coming in as you build your customer base, right? And it's really figuring out how to focus on what adds value and getting validation from that and then being able to to just focus on on those features that really matter and the, and, and the things that people want. And so that's a process we kind of built early on, working really closely with the customers to figure out what's the most valuable thing that we could build into the product and having that help shape our roadmap and then constantly going back and validating that value with the customer to make sure that that's like we're on the right path to what we're building. And so even today, every executive, every product manager, every engineer, they're required to spend one-on-one time with customers and do extensive research every week to keep that feedback loop really, really tight. And that just basically helps us, helps us guide our roadmap and helps us figure out what to build next. So. Do, do I understand right that you are a graduate of Dev Mountain? Yeah, went through the Dev Mountain program. Didn't really have a ton of development experience before that. Um, and it was awesome to go through that program, kind of level up my skills. Very cool. So, so tell me about that process. Tell me about going through Dev Mountain. What got you there, and then you know what you came out with. Eric and I, we have these dreams to start a software company and have it be successful. And so we're we we basically are building the initial stages of the product and the company out of a spare bedroom that Eric had in his apartment down in Provo. And we're sitting there, we start working with some engineers uh, overseas to, to kind of build the first product. We, we mapped it out. We kind of, from a product management standpoint, laid out everything that we wanted the product to do. But for time's sake, we said, well, let's have some developers help build this MVP and we'll be the ones kind of going out and selling it and, and directing the product. So we start that process and soon into that, we realize if we're going to be starting a software company, we really need to know what we're doing. And so Eric had some experience prior with going through the information systems at BYU, but I really didn't have any development experience or coding experience. So here we are, we're trying to get this product built. We're working with engineers overseas. And Eric was just like, hey, we should go through a coding camp 
and level up our skills. It was an interesting thought at first, but once we figured out about Dev Mountain, it was kind of a no-brainer. So we were in the, in the class, start picking it up, and I was tech savvy, but hadn't done any coding. And so it just got dropped right into it. And it was a really awesome experience to go in, level up our skills, and figure out that to be a really pro like a product-led company, or especially at that time working with these developers, it helps so much to start like knowing what we were actually talking to them about. And so it was really good to like level up our skills and, and dive into that. What do you think the outcome would have been if you didn't go through the program? Well, at the time, it's, it's hard to work with developers, especially, I mean, there was a language barrier on top of it a little bit. I mean, these guys spoke English, but communicating to them exactly what we wanted the product to do. And we were innovating at the time. At the time, we were the first ones to be figuring out how to text a customer directly from the program and ask them to leave a review and then taking them through that review experience online. It was kind of a technical process. And so we were constantly messing around on Google, trying to figure out some of the technical backends with the links and technically how we were gonna walk the customers through that. And figuring that stuff out is so much easier when you have the technical background to, to be able to do it and just know what's going on. And so the biggest thing we noticed is once we, we had that base knowledge, our ability to solve those problems from a technical perspective increased a ton. So without it, what would have happened? I think it just would have taken a lot longer, which sometimes at the beginning, timing is everything, right? Being able to solve that problem and, and have that innovation out of the gate and go to market with it, sometimes that's the most important piece. So if it would have taken us a lot longer, I don't know. Would we, have, would we have been the first to market and had the same success? I don't know, maybe not. Support for today's episode is brought to you by Hackbright Academy. Hackbright Academy is an all-women coding bootcamp in San Francisco. They were founded with the mission to provide women with a personalized path to a software engineering career. One of the most impressive things about the school is the tight-knit community they've created. They truly believe in empowering each other and working to change the ratio of women in the tech industry. Hackbright firmly believes that when you combine a community of like-minded, ambitious women and a network of strong support, the possibilities are endless. Check out their programs at hackbrightacademy.com. So let me switch gears a little bit. How'd you build your team? How did you determine what was important for Podium and for your team, the, the qualities of skills or the qualities of a person, and how did you go about picking the winning horses? When I think of like the success of Podium and when people ask us, what is the what are the main things what are the biggest contributors it always comes back to the people like just the team we have i seriously think that's the biggest difference of why we've been able to have success and when you look at competitors that had you know, maybe some similar offerings the reason we've been able to execute and and win is are those people so in the early days our whole focus was product like even though you know eric and i were selling it every day and we we had some amazing salespeople that we brought on early on still for probably the first couple of years of the business we had like two to one ratio of engineers to salespeople, and that was the main focus if we didn't have a product that was going to win the space then there was no point in even focusing on scaling at that point so the focus at the beginning was really finding the right people that, that could help us 
build the right product before really diving into to the go-to-market side and go-to-market people. And I think that made a big difference because you know, you see this a lot. We've had a lot of examples in Utah, but it's easy to go out, especially in the tech scene and see this of companies maybe getting a, uh, some initial validation on the product, but just going straight to go to market and just hiring tons and tons of salespeople and trying to scale the business too quick before the product's really built and that can hurt. So that was a focus in the early days. And then just people, people that fit the culture, people that were excited about being able to come in and, and kind of grind with us that really bought into what we were trying to build. From a candidate, if we didn't feel that excitement and if they didn't catch on to the vision of what we were trying to build, it was really tough to have us bring them on. That was one of the, the biggest things that stood out at the beginning with everybody was just that, that level of excitement of them wanting to come join a team and, and tackle a, a cool problem. How did you build this to scale efficiently? How have you factored in scaling to the architecture of Podium? That's a good question. I mean, it's tough to, to know sometimes at the beginning. I mean, from a people standpoint, I remember we were looking at our first or our second office space, right? We, we, we lucked out on some office space above a bike shop down in Provo, above Canyon Bicycles down on Center Street. And, and then we were there for the first year. But as we started to get some traction and it was time to, to hire and, and really get going and starting to scale, I remember just going and looking at office space and thinking, yeah, I mean, in the next two to three years, you know, maybe we'll be at like 50 people, you know, 60, 70 people max. It was hard to tell. And we got some space that we could expand into because that second year, we went from 15 to 120 people. And it's hard to plan that type of, of scale in, into the business from an operations standpoint. Also on the, on the technical side, that's really tough to plan. One thing that we were really conscious of early on too, uh, on the product side, is is just keeping that that in mind the, the the idea that we would have to scale scale quickly and make sure that we didn't have too much tech debt in doing it and so we were constantly kind of pushing ourselves to think okay is this gonna is this gonna hold up to the next phase of the business right as soon as we started to experience some of that gra that fast growth it was like okay what pitfalls are we gonna run into they're gonna, that could potentially take us down on the product side and also like on the operation side of the business. When you look at our engineers, I mean, Arthur is still our, one of our chief architects today and is constantly building those processes in and thinking about how we can scale. And uniquely for Podium, we have 40,000 businesses on the platform. And so sometimes products don't need to scale to that many accounts and that many users. I mean, it's hundreds of thousands of users at this point. And so to anticipate that kind of growth can be difficult. But when you're building something, I, I think it's hard to, to err too much on the side of, of planning for scale because it's just not worth it if you hit it and, it, and it's something that takes you down. When you take a step back and look at Podium and all that you've built, yeah, what are you most proud of? The, the thing that makes me most proud is just being able to look at all the people that have been involved in something that started out so simple. The relationships that have been built along the way, and I think just some of the opportunity that that's helped people have. That really is what like brings me the most satisfaction. I remember early on, one of our early employer, employees who's a key executive of the company today, he's actually our VP of sales. He was in San Francisco, he was working at a startup, we knew he was the right guy for the job. We had been talking to him for almost a year to join the company. 
and he finally decided to do it. And he, he had five kids. We barely had health insurance that probably wasn't even that good at the time. And he decides to move his, his whole family across the country to Utah. Okay, he's betting his whole career, his whole future on, on podium. So there's a lot of weight with that, but to see it end up being successful, being the right decision for him, and hopefully creating a good opportunity for him and his family, I think that's where just a ton of satisfaction comes. It's really exciting, really fulfilling. And now with, with as many people that are, as, are involved in Podium, that's the most exciting part to me, I think. Tell me about a mistake that you guys made and, and how did your team respond to it? One that's, that's recent that kind of comes to mind is um, with one of the newer products that we were building out and launching. And it's definitely a hard process to create a new product on top of a, an existing platform, figure out like what type of MVP you're gonna launch with and how early to launch, how early to get the validation and everything. And so with one of our recent products is actually um, like our team chat product. This is helping our businesses communicate internally with, with, with each other from a chat perspective. And there's a huge, if you're using this, you're most likely you're gonna be on your mobile device, right? So there's a huge mobile component. And I think we did an awesome job laying out the product, like figuring out what problem we were solving. But after we launched it, we might've even still been in beta phase, but after we launched it and users started using it and we even started using it internally, which I think is an important concept. Whenever you can use your own tools and your own business, it totally pays off and there's some huge benefit there. But we started using it and it was pretty obvious that we, we had maybe not made the investment into some of the mobile development that we needed. We were just kind of frank about it. We were like, you know what? We made a mistake here. This is not up to par with our standard of product and the experience on mobile is not that great. And I think the, the response from the team is kind of cool. We have a room here at Podium. It's on the top floor. It's right next to our CEO office, our CEO's office. And it's, a, it's a, like a special projects room. And we basically organized this team from some of our best engineers and, and put together this team. And they basically over the next I think four weeks, it was, a, it was a pretty big team that went in and just focused on taking this, our mobile app around this feature and bringing it up to the standard that, that we required. And we shifted priorities, we moved, it around, moved things around that were really difficult to, to shift on the priority side, but it did come back to that principle of like, look, we need to like stand by a standard on our product side since we have from the beginning. And we need to, that's so important, right? So we deprioritized a few things that were hard. They went in and I think just the amount of effort that they put in to take it up to that standard was super impressive. And a few weeks later, we came out with something that I think exceeded everyone's expectations from that. And so the response was almost the response of, of kind of facing that, being frank about the issue and was was incredible to see from the team. But it also pointed to just some things that were embedded into the culture that I think you need to embed in from the beginning, which is just a really high standard of quality for your products because it's, it's, that, it's that much higher or it's that much harder later on to keep that high bar. So it sounds like it was a blessing in disguise. It, it surfaced some things that were good about your team, it amplified the team culture because everyone had to jump in and, and respond and then strengthened your product standards as well yeah and that's really the beauty of having like a uh, an environment where people feel safe to own problems and and say 
you know, not necessarily focus on just blame, but say, hey, here's the issue. Like, how are we going to fix it? And if people can be safe in, in bringing that to the table and, and, and calling it out, I think it positions the team even better to like respond in that way and turn it into something, something positive. What does the future look like for your product, for Podium and for the team? The future of the vision is, you know, we really do believe that Podium is modernizing the way business happens locally. And we think we can change that at a global scale. We have an office in, in Australia now, we're starting to expand internationally, but the opportunity even in just the United States with, with local business is, is massive. One of the coolest things when you look at the impact that we've had is even though we work a lot with you know these 40,000 businesses and those are our customers, we actually interact a lot with just your everyday consumer. So it, it actually turns out that one in every four cell phone users in the US interacted with the business through Podium. So it's pretty amazing kind of the, the, the reach that we've had, even to just everyone in, 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 the, in the US or one in every four in the US. So the vision is to really continue to expand that and figure out how we can really change and modernize an experience you have with any type of business that you go to locally. Who influences you? So name, name an architect, a CTO, a tech person, or, or anyone really that you look up to and why? We were fortunate enough to be able to go through the Y Combinator program. And, and through that process, we had the chance to meet with a lot of founders. And one of the really cool experiences we had was meeting with one of the founders of Airbnb. And that's our chief product officer, Joe Gebbia. And we set up a meeting with him. We got to go to the Airbnb headquarters, which we were kind of in awe of at the time. They're amazing. And we go and we sit down with Joe and have a one-on-one -on -one meeting with him for 30 minutes. And it was really cool just to see Airbnb, you know, this huge, massive company, but to sit down with, with a founder and see how focused he is on, you know, making that product better and how in the weeds he was with figuring out the user experience and the details around that still, even at the scale they were, you know, multi-billion dollar company. And so I remember that being pretty, you know, it had a, a big impression on us the, at the beginning stages of how we wanted to continue to be that close to the product later on. And it was just pretty inspiring from a product perspective to, to see that and to kind of put it in our minds of, look, you know, as, as big as the company gets, as much as you scale, at the end of the day, building something that people want is still the most important thing. And you don't have much of a business if you don't have that. And so staying close to the product is something we've always liked to do and, and continue to do as, as we scale. If you could go back to the beginning, what would you do differently? Or, or is there anything that you would consider taking a different approach on? Yeah. So one thing I think, you know, when we sit here and we have this grand vision of podium and I look back, it took us a while to get there. We were this single product, single feature for a long time as we grew the business. And I think it's important as early as you can to think about the bigger vision and what the possibilities are and what, what you can grow, whatever you have, whatever type of product you have into something bigger. And so, yeah, one of the things maybe to do a little differently is earlier on, try to think and really push ourselves to figure out what that vision was and where we were gonna grow up to. And it turned out, like it, it worked out great. Luckily, it, it probably helped us ease into it a little bit, 
and helped us hit some milestones and scale along the way by having a product that really delivered at the beginning. But developing that vision a little earlier and, and figuring out where we could head is something I'd probably go back and focus on a little bit more. Okay, last question, Dennis. You're on a plane. You're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's just getting started. What advice would you give that person? It might seem clean cliche, but I can't say it enough. Dream big. I think for us, it, and it's it's an easy tendency to just think, oh man, if if I could just you know have a little small business that you know that would be that would be great. And to be honest, at the beginning that's probably what I thought. I'm just like, if we could just even have something that was real and legitimate, it would exceed my expectations. But how far we've been able to come with how little we knew at the time, I think anybody has that opportunity, especially these days with the technology that's out there, with the uh, platforms and systems that, that make it so much easier to go execute. I would just say, push yourself to, to think big and don't have any doubt that you can't go achieve it. Because any founder we've met that have been you know, they've achieved way more than us. Every one of them has been in that exact same position. And it took me a while to learn that along the way and talking with more founders and, and go, going through it myself. But the sooner you can figure that out, the more it's going to help you kind of push yourself to, to the limits you need to at the beginning to really achieve the most you can. Excellent advice. Well, Dennis, thank you for being on the Code Story podcast. Thank you for telling the creation story of Podium. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. And this concludes another chapter of Code Story. Code Story is a production of TouchTap LLC and is hosted and produced by Noah Laubhart and edited by George Macharco. Special thanks to Deanna Chapman and Stephanie Campisi for their promotional support. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Breaker, or the podcasting app of your choice. Make sure to check us out at CodeStory.co or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn.